this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Now, we're doing an extra episode here on Tuesday, a little bit of a bonus episode. And we actually have another one coming on Thursday. Why? Because we're celebrating the move to Revolver Podcast. I am so excited that we're going to be on Revolver. I'm putting out two extra episodes for you this week because I'm on vacation. So today we have Dan coming on and Dan got lost in the Smoky Mountains. That's right. He got lost in the Smoky Mountains. And the night that he got lost, he experienced some crazy stuff, including lights in the sky to a creature that he saw that smiled at him. We're going to get into it right after this. Okay, tonight I have a good guest coming on, Dan. Dan contacted me through the Facebook page, and he shared with me that he had some different encounters that he wanted to share with me tonight. Dan, how are you? I'm good, Tony. How are you? I'm doing great, man. We were just doing some uh, chatting beforehand, and you started sharing some details, and I was like, started to get on my at the edge of my seat because I wanted to hear what was next, but I thought, you know what? Let's just get this interview going and start letting you share with the audience what you've experienced. Now, you're a paranormal investigator, and you visited different areas, you know, land between the lakes, and you actually said that you went out there with Bear one time with the uh, Bigfoot Outlaws, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. There was a uh, Bigfoot convention, and gotcha. um, we got to spend a little time with them. They're, That's cool. uh, they're quite the group. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, let's start off. Now, I know you ha- had an experience uh, in the LBL, if I'm correct. And uh, 
but what I'd like to start off with is that night you got lost in the Smoky Mountains. Some crazy things happened that night. So why don't you start us off there and share what you experienced? Okay. Uh, it was May of last year. And uh, my girlfriend at the time and I decided that we wanted to go hiking down in the Smoky Mountains, uh, specifically Cades Cove area. Um, we uh, we went through, we kind of were driving around and just goofing around and enjoying ourselves and um, got down to where there was an opening at um, Abrams Falls. Um, and it's supposed to be a nice, just a nice, easy little hike. And uh, everyone had said, oh, don't, don't forget to bring your map. <laughs> and um, so that, that was a uh, point one that I kind of made a mistake on. Um, so we got down to, uh, the opening of the, of the trailhead there. And, um, as we got out, it was, uh, it, we'd been seeing wildlife all during the day and it was just really cool because we got to watch this, uh, this coyote playing, uh, well, I don't know whether it was his meal or whether he was just goofing off with it i think it was a rabbit or something but it, he was hopping around and and chasing this thing and just having a good time so we sat there and watched him for a little bit and um we decided we'd go ahead and and start our hike into uh back into the smokies and into um abram falls well we crossed over from the trailhead the the sign on the trailhead had said Abrams Abrams Falls Loop. Now, to me, not not being a very, uh, I guess, a very experienced, um, long you know longer trail hiker, I thought that when they said it was a loop trail, that it looped around, actually looped around, and brought you back to the same point where they had dropped you off at. Um, this turned out not to be the case. Um, so as we, you know, as we started, um, just, uh, entered into the woods itself, um, we got, we both of us got the distinct feeling that we were being watched. Now, part of that, you know, I, I was telling you, I, I'm a very scientific type minded guy. Um, I tend not to try and let my, um, emotions or, or nerves or whatever it may be getting in the way of, of actually thinking rationally. And anytime you, you go into woods where, um, Sasquatch or anything else have been sighted, um, it's always kind of in the back of your mind, whether, whether you want it there or not, whether it's actually happening or not um and so as we walked in you know we we were actually kind of joking about it and um we said hi you know we just kind of i always like to uh to talk about my daughter a lot and one of the things she used to do is all of her all the animals that she saw she would say hey there's my friend the bird or there's my friend, the chipmunk. And so 
when we were walking in, uh, we just, I just kind of started talking out loud. Um, and more tongue in cheek, you know, kind of than anything else. But, um, I was just saying, Hey, Mr. Sasquatch, you know, thank you for letting us come into your forest. And, you know, if we could just see you, that'd be really cool. That would, you know, that'd be awesome. Um, and again, you know, I very much tongue in cheek, um, because we never expected to have any kind of encounter, um, in that way at all. Um, so we kept on hiking. We, um, about, about halfway down to the, the falls, we ended up running into some people that were coming back the other way. And they said, Hey, you guys might want to watch out. There's a, uh, there's a mother bear, um, up ahead, a couple hundred feet, and she's got a couple cubs with her. And, um, so this, you know, being a time, uh, here in May, it, when there's tons of animals out in the Smokies, um, it, you know, we kind of kept our eyes open, but, you know, we didn't think there was anything abnormal about it, so to speak. Um, so we kind of just rolled on and, and, you know, we're just talking, having fun. And it's, uh, probably getting to be about six o'clock in the evening at this time. And, um, so we walk on ahead and, um, the whole thing of the bear just kind of goes into the back of our head. Um, we ended up not seeing anything. Um, there was no bear, no, you know, mother with her cubs or anything else, which, you know, it, it, we didn't really think uh, too much of that. We just figured, oh, uh, they got scared away, so they're up doing their own thing. Well, we hike on up. We hike to a uh, a big spot where it had this uh, jutting outcrop of a rock. And ended up sitting there for quite a while, just just talking and enjoying the the beautiful view uh, of the Smoky Mountains and just the the peace and tranquility of it. Um, the night was was quiet. Um, I mean, it, quiet to the point where you don't even realize that it's quiet, if that makes any sense whatsoever yeah absolutely. um the uh and a lot of these things that you know i mentioned earlier it for me it 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 one thing is a coincidence two things that kind of fall together i could still be a coincidence but there's not as much of a chance um three things happen and then something's going on. Um, and at that point we didn't really even put two and two together. Um, we kind of sat there and we were laughing about how, um, you know, we thought it was kind of weird that we hadn't seen any animals yet. Um, but we just figured it was just, uh, one of those things. And, we were just kind of, you know, enjoying hanging out and enjoying the beautiful night. So uh, we decided to go ahead and, and hike on further. 
And by this time, it had gotten dark. And I only had um, two small lights with me. Um, but the trail was pretty well marked. And so it, it kind of added to the, the excitement and um, kind of the survival aspect, so to speak. Um, not really survival, but uh, just the whole the whole uh, feeling of the evening. And so we hiked on, and um, the further we got back into the Smokies, the more we started hearing things that just didn't quite seem to, to make any sense. Um, there were several times that, that as we walked along, we could hear footprint or footsteps behind us. Um, but every time we would stop, it would stop or whatever, you know, whether it was a raccoon or squirrel or a, you know, I, I can't say for sure because I didn't see anything. Um, and then when we'd start up again, we'd start hiking again. Um, we would end up hearing it, hearing the footfalls. Um, and it, it, to me, and again, you know, I, I try not to allow my, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I try not to allow my imagination to just run rampant. And to me, it sounded uh, definitely bipedal. Um, but it, the way, you know, a lot of times when you're in the woods, in the dark, um, you're in a known area where sightings have occurred and whatnot, your, your mind just has a tendency to, uh, to play tricks on you. And, uh, the, the imagination just goes kind of wild sometimes. So we didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that. Um, a little bit further in, I, uh, I had stopped and I mentioned to my, my girlfriend, I said, is it just me or did you hear somebody talking? And it was, it, it was crazy. It was like, it was just out of earshot. Um, you could hear that it sounded like women talking and it, I mean, it was, it, it was definitely there. It's just you couldn't understand what they were saying. Um, so it was just barely, barely kind of audible. And um, we just kind of brushed it off. We figured, oh, that's just some other hikers along the trail that are, are further back than we are. And uh, they're just, you know, having a discussion and, and uh, whatnot. So <clears throat> this leads us up to approximately. 11, 1130 at night, and it, it's gotten dark by now, um, really dark. And we stopped and um, went out to, uh, to get some water. There was a stream, a big stream that was flowing down by the side of the, the creek and um, happened to see a, a little toad out there. So we went out and, and we're kind of playing around with the toad and, um, 
as we came back, um, we saw this teeny little field mouse. And he uh, he was just scurrying. He was scurrying um, kind of back in there. And we just we just kind of watched him. Well, seeing him and the, the mouse made us think and kind of realize that, hey, we haven't come upon any other animals in the six hours or so that we've been out in these, you know, in these woods. Now, the Smokies are, are well known for um, being a habitat for, for uh, um, you know, raccoons and possums and bears and um, just all sorts of, of um, creatures and whatnot. And so it was pretty odd that we ended up not seeing anything at all except for these little tiny, uh, little tiny creatures. And it was right about then that we hit a point where, man, it started to spook me out. We hit what I, what I can only describe as a wall of smell. Um, it had the, as we were coming out, uh, from the the creek, it we started to hit it, and it just smelled like raw sewage and just bad garbage. Um, I don't know quite how else to describe it. I mean, it stunk. It was bad. Um, but the the thing that kind of threw us was that as we walked or as, as we stepped out, the smell didn't get any stronger based on our location. Um, you know, generally if, if there's something creating a stench, um, you can usually kind of track it down, you know, where it gets the, the smell is stronger when you get closer to whatever's, uh, doing it. Right. And so we, uh, we were sitting there and and smelling this just horrendous stench. And I took a couple steps forward and all of a sudden I couldn't smell anything. And I just, you know, the the investigator part of me went, Whoa, hey, wait a second, that's not normal. <laughs> and uh yeah. so I, I took a step back, took a couple steps back, and bam, I'm right in the smell again. Took a step forward, and there's no smell. And so I kind of had it isolated down to, for lack of a better term, a, a wall there where you know you could step in and out of the stench. Um, so that was, that was just really, I, I never encountered that before. So that was quite, uh, it was quite intriguing. Um, and like I said before, you know, when you have one or two coincidences, they can be just that. Um, but when things start adding up, it kind of gets, it kind of, you know, makes you wonder. Um, so after we, we, uh, 
<clears throat> pull out of this, you know, or walk on further. Um, we were talking about, you know, different, um, just different like Sasquatch sightings and, and everything. And, uh, at this point it was probably around midnight to 1230 or so. Um, and, we're thinking, man, you know, we, we should have been back to the parking lot by now. Um, something's not right here. Well, we just kept soldiering on because, you know, I figured, well, it's set a loop. So it's got to come back to the, the parking lot at some point. And, um, so we just kept on moving on. Well, then the terrain started getting quite a bit, um, quite a bit different um there were a lot of uh a lot of single track um ways the uh it, the trails weren't as well marked um it went up through a lot of of uh just places that you could tell people hadn't been in quite a while well we kept on going and kept on going and kept on going and it's getting to be, you know, one o'clock, one thirty, and at this point, we still hadn't seen any animals whatsoever. We're still hearing these uh, voices that that seem just out of range, and um, we're just kind of we're starting to get a little bit spooked. But I just, you know, I just told my, my girlfriend then, I said, well, you know, the only thing we can do is just keep going. Um, you know, they say the, the worst thing to do if you get lost is to go off trail. Um, we just figured that the people we were staying with, when uh, we didn't show up at, at like 11 or 1130 or so back at the cabin, that they would figure out that. Uh, something was wrong. And since we were parked in a, a main parking lot there at Cades Cove, we figured they would have searchers out for us. Well, we kept on going. And um, now, this, another thing I, I forgot to mention this is also um, it's rattlesnake time in, um, in the Smokies. And um, Still, even with it being, um, you know, just rattlesnake season and whatnot, we still didn't see any animals whatsoever. Um, and at this point, we had been out since roughly about 5.30 in the afternoon. Well, we, we go on and we, uh, we start to talk about, you know, different things and and um just because all the coincidences are kind of they're kind of adding up and you know i i don't want to jump to conclusions and say you know oh yeah there's a there's a sasquatch following us um because there there's really no evidence to that um there so far you know we've encountered several things that were pretty weird but it, you know, it wasn't definitive. 
Um, so we're, we're going on and we end up, um, it, it starts getting really cold. It drops down to about 45 or 50. And, um, luckily I had in my pack, I had a couple of, uh, the emergency blankets and, um, things like that, that I just, I have a tendency to carry with me just in case. And so we ended up making ponchos, uh, little, you know, stuff with, uh, just kind of to keep our, our heat together. And, um, we're still hiking and hiking and hiking at this point. We're roughly about 12 miles into the smoky mountains and, um, we're getting tired, uh, because neither one of us has eaten since about four o'clock the day before. Um, all we had with us were, uh, pop tarts and beef jerky. <laughs> and that's not exactly the best survival food. No. Um, <laughs> so we, um, we ended up getting to this Creek and it was nice free flowing Creek and it was running over a bunch of moss. And so I figured, Hey, that'll be, you know, pretty safe to, to drink from. So we filled up our, our canteens and whatnot. And, and as I was stepping, I kind of misstepped and, uh, fell pretty hard and twisted my knee pretty good. So, we and that you know, of course, got uh, her all worried and whatnot, and and um, I just kind of you know just shook it off, and and uh, we decided to to motor on. Well, we made it roughly another maybe mile or so, and um, both of us just we were exhausted. Um, at this point, it, it's probably about roughly about three 30 in the morning, three 30 to three 45. And we're both just, I mean, just completely exhausted. Um, the terrain was exceptionally rough. You know, as I said, there was, there was a lot of places that looked like they hadn't had any, any, uh, human visitors in quite some time. So we decided, well, what we'll do is just, you know, I'll find a good place and we'll put down a tarp, you know, and we'll kind of, uh, set up a little bit of a, a little camping place right there off the, uh, off the edge of the, the main trail so that we're still on the main trail. That way, if, you know, whenever the search and rescue does come find us, we'll be very visible. And, um, so I picked out this humongous tree. Um, the tree had to be, man, it it was one of these old growth trees and it was kind of hollowed out towards the base. Um, not hollowed out inside, but just kind of a, a depression there. And so, we put down our emergency blankets and, and, um, you know, kind of made a little, a little camp there. And, um, my girlfriend decided to, to, uh, she was gonna, you know, she was gonna crash. Um, 
that she was just kind of done for the night. And um, so I'm, I'm laying there and I had, uh, I had gotten these, um, these throwing knives for my birthday. We had, we had gone and visited uh, Smoky Mountain Knife Works and um, I'd ended up getting, that was my, my birthday present from there. So I took one of the throwing knives and I, I had this big, long walking stick and I took and, and lashed two of the, the throwing knives going in opposite directions on the top of this walking stick, uh, lashed it there with paracord. Cause I figured that, you know, if, if we're laying there and, and, uh, bears come along or whatever, we'd, you know, have some kind of longer reach, uh, defense option than, uh, you know, having to, to keep them right, you know, or have them right on us. Um, so we're laying there and we, the, the place we were laying at, um, it looked directly out over this, this trail, uh, the trail that we were on. And there was a little gap of trees right there. And you could see right into the night, you know, like into the, the full night sky. And I try to be an optimist about, you know, pretty much everything. Um, Cause I feel like, you know, when you keep a positive attitude about, about things, no matter what the situation is, um, it's easier to handle. And so I'm laying there and it's, it's by this time about four o'clock in the morning. And, um, my, my senses are just, you know, on fire. Um, cause I'm just thinking, man, you know, there's going to be a bear coming up here at any point and we're going to get jumped. And, um, you know, so I'm laying there and I, I look out and I started watching these stars. Well, there was a line of three stars kind of like one on top of each other. And it was right in the, the area that was the clearing that shone right down into where we were laying. And um, so I'm, I'm just laying there and watching these stars and, and thinking about, you know, what a beautiful night it is. And, and um, you know, it's just gorgeous out. Well, then, and... Real quickly, let me just preface this by saying I, I'm not claiming to have ever seen any little green men or you know, anything of that nature. Um, and when I, I, I speak of this, I mean it in, you know, in the, the definite basis of, of um, terms. But I saw this. It. At first, it was it was about the size of the other stars that that were in the little line, but it was a little dot. And Tony, the way it was moving, man, it just it was impossible for it to have been, you know, a helicopter or a plane. Um, even really a drone, um, it, it would go 
it would go up and then it kind of cut down almost like at an angle and then it go across and then go back up and then kind of loop around and just it, it was the most erratic flight pattern I think that I've ever seen. And so as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, all right, if it's a plane, it's got to have, um, you know, the little lights on it, the beacons that, that flash and whatnot. And there were no beacons. And so this thing is just kind of doing its little aerial acrobatics. Well, then the three stars that were lined up beside it started in unison moving just all around. And I'm laying there and I'm thinking, okay, am am I getting delusional because I'm just, I'm overtired or am I just imagining this? And so I woke my girlfriend up and I said, hey, I said, look up there and tell me what you see. Well, she got woke up and she looked up and she goes, holy crap, that's a UFO. (laughs) I said, okay, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't seeing things. And she watched it for a while and, and, um, I, you know, I did too. And, and eventually they just, the three that were doing their kind of odd pattern and whatnot went back into their order, like in, into the place where they had been prior to this. And the one that had been flying around all weird and stuff got, it just maneuvered itself so that I I got the feeling, and this is where I, you know, I feel like almost that, you know, I feel like uh, this is going to sound just just crazy, but I got the distinct feeling that it was watching us, and I couldn't shake it, and I'm thinking, man, this is just, this is totally irrational. Um, there's no way that from the distance that they're at right now, there's no way they could see it. Even with the big gap that's there, there's no way they could pinpoint us sitting there on this blanket next to this huge tree. And so we're sitting there and then all of a sudden, it kind of does this this little kind of a dip down and almost like in a uh, almost like a V pattern and it dips down and then just shoots off to the right and I mean it, when I say shoot I mean like it, it was there one second and a half second later it was gone um, and <laughs> I'm laying there and going, cool, man, that was, uh, that was quite wild. <laughs> so, uh, we, we lay there and at this point I'm, 
you know, I'm starting to get just a little more, um, I guess just a, a little bit more spooked, I guess you could say. Um, and after about, I guess it was about 10, 15 minutes. I happened to look up, I, I was doing other stuff and just kind of, um, I tried to shut my eyes for a minute and that, that wasn't working. And, um, so I looked back up and this thing is back and it's closer. And dude, it it was so close. You could see the outline of the ship. And it, it shaped kind of like a, a it, I mean, it was definitely a saucer, almost like a football. Um, and around the bottom of it, it had these different colored lights that would come on, like it, one would fade out and then the other would fade in. And so it was going through this sequence of like blue and purple and orange and green and little yellow and, you know, just, it just randomly flashing off and fading into these different colors. Well, then it, it spun up. Well, not that I say spun, it, it flew up, kind of went around again. And then moved in even closer. And at this point, the you know the hair on my arms is standing up. I'm you know I'm bald, but it, every hair follicle on my head was just you know was screaming. My uh, my sixth sense or or intuition or gut or whatever you want to call it, it is just screaming. Dude, they're watching you. And again, I'm thinking there's no way that they can be watching us, not from this distance. And so they sit there for a while. And the longer that they sit there, the more just it, you know, I'm I'm just getting to the point where, you know, I'm starting to get really, you know, very much on the edge of my seat. And I wake up my girlfriend again, and, and I said, hey, I said, look up there, because I, I, I wanted verification. I, I didn't want to just, you know, think that I was hallucinating something. Um, and she looked up, and she's like, wow, that thing is close. She goes, she goes this, this is going to sound really weird. She goes, do you feel like they're watching us? And that kind of validated it for me. I was like, yeah, I've been sitting here thinking this the whole time. And, well, it it stays there for another five minutes or so and then just bolts off again. And it's just gone. Well, at this point, we think, oh, man, it's, it's probably, you know, the, the search and rescue or search and rescue should be out looking for us. And we're just hoping beyond all hope that, that, um, 
you know, they're going to find us soon. And, and we're thinking, you know, there's, we stayed right on the trail. We, we did everything that we should. They, they should be coming to find us. Well, on the ridge over one ridge over from where we were laying at, we started seeing these little points of light look like flashlight, like light from a flashlight. And we could hear dogs barking. And we're we're sitting there and and I'm thinking, oh man, that, that's great. That must be the search and rescue team. Well, then it, it started the the pinpoint light faded out. They kind of went away. And all of a sudden, like I, I don't know if you've ever seen um uh, I'm trying to, to think of the best way to describe it. I think in um, most, like a lot of the horror flicks, where you see um, they'll, they'll have a whole bunch of trees, and from behind the trees, they have uh, all of a sudden they'll use like a, a floodlight or um, a light, you know, like car lamps or something like that. And it it filters through the 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 trees and the the forest, and it's kind of uh, decimated, uh, not decimated, but uh, decolated by the the trees, um, and the the lights get dispersed and whatnot, and it gives off this really kind of eerie look. Um, and the night was at this point, you know, we're getting into uh, probably around four thirty or so in the morning. And it, it gives kind of an eerie look. Well, this light starts on it, starts slow, and then gradually just get really, really bright. And it's shining out from behind the trees on the next ridge. And it starts sweeping from right to left, just real slowly. And you're sitting there watching this and I'm thinking again, Oh man, am I having, am I just seeing things or, you know, Oh, maybe I'm just, uh, I'm just too tired. And my, my imagination is just running wild with me. And, um, so again, I woke up, <laughs> woke up my poor, she could, can't get any sleep that night. Apparently really either. So I figured I just wanted validation. And, um, I said, do you see what's going on over there? And she looked up and she goes, those are searchlights. I said, yeah. I said, I think, I think search and rescue is, is coming for us. Well, the first satellite died off and it, it was, they only went on for maybe three minutes or so three to five minutes uh so not not very long um and then it kind of moved over not not very far but it moved along the ridge and we saw the the pinpoint light look like from a uh from a flashlight um or numerous flashlights and we could hear the dogs barking again and we thought we heard voices 
And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting a little bit excited. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be great. Search and rescue is going to find us. Um, you know, we're going to end this and we're going to get back to where we need to be. And, um, well, the, it, it starts kind of all with that, that process again, the, the flashlights fade out and this big, it, for lack of a better term, it's a, a searchlight comes on and it's filtering through the trees and it goes from right to left. And you just get the distinct impression that, that they're looking for something. Well, I had this little tactical light with me. And so I figured I'll, you know, I'll flash SOS on it over to, to where they were. And um, hopefully they'll, they'll be able to, you know, to see it. And sorry, that was my, my German Shepherd being a watchdog. Um, so I, I figured that I figured that I would flash uh, flash the light, and uh, hopefully they would see us and and come over and rescue us. Well, I, I started to flash the light you know, with the SOS Morse code for SOS. And as I did, something in my head just went. And I mean, dude, it was so distinctive that it, it scared me half to death. Um, but I just, I, my gut was just telling me, it said, don't flash those guys. You don't want them to know where you are. And, you know, I, I, I told you before, man, I, I, I'm a pretty big, like Wes says, I'm a, I'm a big guy. Um, you know, I'm 5'11", 230. And, you know, I've, I've been a paranormal investigator and, and, um, I've, you know, taken all this martial arts stuff and tactical training and, and all this other stuff. And so I've gotten to the point where things don't really scare me anymore. They might startle me, but the actual fear response is not there. Um, but when I was sitting there on the edge of this trail and my my gut is just screaming at me. You know, don't let these guys know where you are. You don't want them to find you. And so I automatically pull my flashlight back, stuck it in my pocket. And um, luckily, uh, I had my, my sidearm on me. So I've got a, a 40 cal Glock in one hand. And I've got my my improvised spear thingy in the other hand, and I I don't think I've quite I I didn't get to the point where a lot of people say they do, where you know they they end up uh, relieving themselves. But I think if they'd gone much further, I probably would have. Um, I've never 
been this scared in my life. Um, at this point, you could hear things coming along the trail. And it, again, you couldn't see what it was. But, you know, in the distance, you could hear the dogs barking and whatnot. And, and so I, I, I can hear like things that, you know, they, they would like run and then stop. And then it would just like run and stop a little bit. And, and um, I kept looking down. I, every once in a while, I'd shine my light down the trail, just expecting to see a, a bear or something come charging down that trail. And I, every bone in my body was you know, it, it was the fight or flight and my knee is pretty much jacked and we have no idea how far we are from actual civilization at this point. And all I had left in me was the fight and I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I've got to get back to my daughter. I've got to get back to you know, my family, I don't know what this thing is, but, uh, you know, I, I'm going to do my best to, to take it down. I, again, like I said, man, I, I have never been that scared in my life. Um, even just telling you about it now, just it, every hair on my head is, is just standing up and, I can just feel that that fear kind of creeping in. And so it, I kind of sat back down and I, I had I had my um I had my spear right beside my side and and I had uh my my gun right on my chest and I was ready. I, I figured if I'm if I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go out shooting. Um, I might not kill it, but at least it's going to remember my name. Um, and so it just, it, this is where it got weird <laughs> as if up to this point, you know, it's not, uh, <laughs> not weird enough. Well, I'm laying there and I look over to my, my left side and (laughs) there um there was this a thing um i can't say it was a bigfoot you know i i don't know i i didn't have as clear of a of a vision of it as as I'd like, and there, there's other parts that that makes it even even weirder. But I was standing there looking, and at first it didn't register because the thing was just too big. Um, the place where it was standing was 
it, it was kind of a drop off. And it, 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 it was probably, I'm guessing, where it would be standing when was about, and this was after like looking in the morning before we left. And there was about, it was about a two and a half, three foot drop off. And I could see clearly the outline of a head. Um, and it came down into some of the most massive traps I've ever seen in my life. Um, I don't think dude had a neck. <laughs> um, it was just straight up muscle, just humongous. And then it came down to, it, again, this is what threw me because. I'm used to, you know, I'm used to being around bodybuilders and gyms and the whole nine yards. And you see some really big dudes, but you, it, like, it doesn't click on how massive an actual 12 foot creature is or, or 12 foot, whatever it was that I saw. Um, after it went down from the traps, it then went into a, a, a shoulder that that friend Ronnie Coleman would have been proud to own, Mister um, Olympia guy. Um, the deltoids or, or shoulder caps on it look like almost like little cannonballs. I mean, it was humongous. Um, I think of like uh I, I don't know if you know that the wrestler Batista. Yeah. Um yeah, he he does like the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what his shoulders look like, except probably five times more than that. Um and it was definite, man. I mean, it, it was just like this humongous shoulder cap this deltoid and then this arm that, that had to be at least 20 to 30 inches around. I mean, just massive. And from the edge of his or, or where like his, his neck would be if he didn't have the traps in there from there to the edge of his shoulder, had to be at least two and a half to three foot wide. And I'm, I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, God, there's just no way that this can be real. There's no way. It's just way too big to be real. And so I'm looking at it and it's just standing there and I, I look up to the face and it's freaking smiling at me. Like, um, it's, it's just looking, just looking right down at me, just smiling. Um, my daughter had this, this game called uh singing monsters 
And one of the monsters on there looked just like, uh, it was kind of, I don't, I don't know what they, the maker or whatever called, but it had this, that's kind of what my mind related because it, again, it was, it was really dark. I couldn't really see features as far as, you know, exact facial features or, or hair or, you know, to be able to tell like what color it was, um, or anything like that. But it just, it, it was smiling at me. And so I, I turn on, I'm, I'm just incredulous at this point And I'm, I'm thinking there's no way, there's no way in God's green earth that that's a Sasquatch or whatever it is. And so I turned on my light. I, I had this, it, our lights were dying out, but it had just a little bit extra. And uh, so I turned it on. And this is where it gets freaky, dude. because. When I turned it on, the the thing disappeared. Like, it was just leaves there. But the structure wasn't insane. Like, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Um, Where I saw definite deltoids and, and traps and and it, you know everything else there. It was back to the the shape of, you know, just a leaf there, or you know, a, a foliage or whatever. And so I turn off my light, and I'm thinking, all right, man, you you're just you're losing it. Yeah, you know, you've been you've been eating too, way too much beef jerky and pop tart, or uh. <laughs> Uh, sweet tart <laughs> and all that sugar has gone to your head and you're just you're losing it and so I look at it again and I, I woke my girlfriend up and I said do you see anything abnormal and she goes what's that standing there and I said, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to keep a good, you know, a, a positive attitude about this because, you know, at that point, um, at least from, from whatever it was right there, I didn't feel any malice or like anger or any issues coming from that experience like I did from, you know, when whatever it was, was, you know, coming down the trail. And I looked at it and looked at it and looked at it. She fell back to sleep and I'm looking at it, look at it. And I'm, I'm trying really hard to distinguish characteristics. Well, around the eyes, there was, there are these, these two white patches kind of looked like a a raccoon almost for, for lack of a, you know, a better description. Um, 
but it had these, I and mean, they, they were definite rings, just these perfect little white rings around these big, just dark eyes. And then again, the, the biggest mouth that I have ever seen in my life. Um, but it wasn't showing teeth. It, it wasn't being hostile or anything. It was grinning at me. And just standing there grinning. And so I'm thinking, okay, there, there's no way that this thing is a Sasquatch because it's got these rings around the eyes. I said, that's number one. Number two, you know, it, his mouth can't be that big. And number three, um, you know, there's just no, I mean, his, his arms are just way too massive. And when I turn on the light, he just seems to disappear. I think I'm just, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe the night is, has just been too much for me. And my mind's just gone <laughs> or something. But so we're sitting there and I'm watching this thing and gradually like as it over like the longest longer that I I see it it eventually kind of gradually just fades like the the distinct image or or shape of the body kind of just fades into the foliage and it's just gone. The shape's not there. The face isn't there. The arms, nothing. And this whole time, never heard, I never heard a sound come as far as footsteps, anything else. And I honestly got, and this is, I got the impression that it was watching over us. Um, you know, I, I know I've, I've heard you speak before about, you know, being a, a, a believer, you know, a Christian and, and, um, man, I, I'm not a, I'm not an overly religious guy. Um, and I'm not one of these, you know, somebody that just thinks that, um, everything is angels or, you know, everything is God trying to protect us. Um, but I just got the feeling that it was there to watch over us and that it had stopped. Why I didn't see it before was because it had stopped whatever was coming down that trail to do us harm. And so it, it starts getting a little bit, little bit lighter out. And I, like I said, it just kind of, it just kind of disappeared into the background, into the foliage. And um, we're sitting there, it's kind of, you know, my my girlfriend's starting to wake up. And um, the first animal that we see is this snow white owl and it flies in 
and sits on a branch kind of opposite of, of, uh, you know, like the, whatever it was I saw was on the left-hand side. The owl was on the right. And it just flew up there and, and sat there kind of like a, a century does almost. Um, like he's just watching us keep in guard. Well, I kind of laid back. It, for some reason, I just got this. I got a really peaceful feeling, man. Um, and I kind of just laid back and, and just tried to close my eyes. Well, right about this time, I hear the the Snow White Owl kind of go just... It, it was definitely an order. Um, I don't know what he said, but you know, I don't really speak owl, but <laughs> um, it's something. And this, the there came another big owl, just out of nowhere. Dude came swooping down, flew right over top of our heads, and landed about three foot behind this huge tree where we were grabbed something in his talons and flew off. Now, again, you know, I, I can't say for sure. And I, you know, I, I'm sure you'll unfortunately probably get a lot of hate mail about this because, you know, trying to, uh, assign, um, actions or, uh, whatnot to uh things that can't actually be um described as 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 actions or or um motives or anything like that um so i you know i don't know if if this one bird was telling the other bird to go like i said i just kind of got the feeling that he was watching over us and i thought back about it and remember that it was rattlesnake uh, time, you know, season. And I had nothing to back this up, you know, no kind of evidence. Um, I got the feeling that he sent his buddy fly down there and grab a uh, rattlesnake that was coming up behind us. And took off with it. Again, like I said, I, I have no proof of that. Um, but up to this point, we hadn't seen any other animals in the woods at all. Um, just these now two owls. And so we get ready to go. And it's about, it's approximately... About five thirty, five forty-five, six, somewhere around in there, and the sun has come up, and you know we can see everything. And um, I look back at the the spot where I thought I saw whatever it was standing, and you know, had it been shrubs there, um. It still would have given off, and I understand that lighting plays a, a big part. Lighting and, and your situation plays a big part in 
what goes on in your psyche. Um, and I, you know, I, I get that, you know, our mind tries to correlate what we're seeing and associate it to something that is known to us. Um, you know, hence why, why people see faces in, in, uh, in cinnamon buns and (laughs) things like that. And so I, I'm looking and dude, there is nothing there that could be even halfway mistaken for a form. It's just some sparse like limbs coming off um, the ground where like where it went over the dip and where if, if it really was something there where it would have been standing, that was kind of messed up. Um, you know, it looked like something had been kind of scuttling around. Um, but there weren't any, any kind of footprints or anything of that nature. And so as we're getting ready to go, I just, again, kind of emulated my daughter. And, um, I said, Mr. Al, I said, thank you so much for watching over us. And dude, I, I realize it kind of sounds corny now, but, um, you know, I, I think whether they understand us or not, you know, I think animals can kind of get the gist of what, you know, as far as your, your attitude and, you know, they can sense fear and all the other emotions. So why not gratuity? Um, and so I just, uh, I was just kind of like, I was like, thank you, man, for, for watching over us. Um, I really appreciate that. I said, we're, we're trying to get out of here, you know, as fast as we can. So we start hiking again and, and, um, we finally get up to, um, this, we're coming down a ridge and I was singing as loud as I could. Um, just because I figured, man, you know, if it, obviously nobody's come for us yet. So maybe if we can just hear, you know, somebody can hear us or um, we can hear somebody. Um, maybe we can get, you know, some help. Um, at this point, my my uh, my knee is, is all swollen up and I'm having issues walking with it. And um we end up coming down this hill and we find we run into this, uh, this other hiker and dude, Oh, we were, (laughs) it, he, I don't even really honestly remember much of what he looked like, but we couldn't have been happier to see this man. Um, so he gave us some, some cookies and, and water and, and, um, directed us back to where this campsite was. Well, I go back, we go back, we finally get down, you know, and, and hike on down to, to where this campsite is and come to find out we're, I guess, as the crow flies, we're about 14 miles from where we started out. Um, 
at, on the regular road, it's like, I think they said 30 miles. It takes about 30 to 40 minutes to get there. So my girlfriend decides she's going to go. She's going to try and find a phone. Um, neither one of our phones worked. And um, so I laid down on this picnic table and she went off to find, you know, find some way, you know, she could contact either the Rangers or, um, you know, somebody to get us, get us some help out there. Well, she gets down there to this, uh, apparently it's an old Ranger station, um, that they used for research. And she picked up the phone and tried it a couple times. And finally, it went through, the line went through, and she spoke with one of the rangers at, at the head of, of Cade's Cove. And they, uh, they said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll send out a ranger. You know, uh, that's, you know, that's no problem. Can you just tell us where you're calling from? And she said, well, I, I really don't know. She's like, there, there's a, a research station. And anyway, they, so they figured out where, where we were. So the, the ranger gets there and we start talking to her. And, um, we actually back up just a tiny bit talked to the guy who uh he came back uh just to make sure we had made it back or made it you know to get some help safely and um kind of a check on us really great guy um but i said man i said i i don't want to sound kind of crazy but have you ever run into anything weird around here he's like man he said, you have no idea. <laughs> he said, there are some freaky weird things that go on in these hills. I said, yeah, you're telling me about it. So the female ranger gets there and she says, okay, well, it, we get to talking about it. She said, well, where did you call from? And my girlfriend said, well, there's a, a, a little phone right outside the uh the research facility um down here around this corner and the ranger says no you you've got to be mistaken there's no way that you could have called from that phone and she said well i swear i did that i that's how i i talked to you guys she said uh, the ranger Look, she said, that's just not possible. She said, that phone hasn't worked for the last six months or more. And so we're, we're sitting there, we're kind of like, you know, it was just crazy. So we, we get to uh, talking on the way back and I was talking to her about uh, she was uh, for being a park ranger. Sometimes they're, they're very open um, with you. And, and other times they're just, you know, they, they kind of blow you off. Um, but she was just awesome. If I, if I could remember her name, I'd 
I would definitely give her, you know, a, a shout out for uh, just being amazing at what she did. Um, but as we were coming back, I I said, now, you know, I told her, I said, man, we've been, you know, we've been kind of talking here a little bit, and and I think you got the feeling that, um, you know, mentally, I'm all pretty much all there. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not nuts or anything, but this is what happened. And so I told her about, about seeing the, the saucer come in with the different lights and feeling like it was watching us. And then about the, the whole searchlight thing and everything else. And I told her, I said, I, I'm really not sure. I said, but I think I saw something standing there watching us. And she goes, oh, yeah. And it, it just, it was very nonchalant. Um, she was kind of like, yeah, that, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. She said, we get, we get reports of that kind of stuff through here all the time. She goes, in fact, um, part of the, uh, one of the documentaries uh, from the Missing 411 series was shot uh, close to where she was. And she said she was there the day that they were actually filming. And so she, she introduced me. I'd never heard of, of David Pilates or, or uh, the Missing 411 series or anything of that nature. And, um, or not as, you know, his work with the, the Bigfoot stuff and um, had no clue who he was. So she said, oh, yeah, you need to check out, um, you know, the Missing 411 series. She said there was actually an occurrence, you know, right down here in Cades Cove and, it, you know, all this other stuff. So basically we, we finally, you know, we get back to the, the, uh, the car, which oddly enough, they apparently what happened was they, instead of going through like they normally do and checking out cars that are sitting there, um, somebody dropped the ball and didn't realize that we were out there. And so the whole time we thought that we were being looked for, nobody even knew we were gone. Um, there was nobody out to look for us. Nothing. That's scary. Uh, which, yeah, <laughs> that'll, uh, it kind of brings some of the other stuff into perspective. Um, so we get back to the place where we're staying and I figured, well, I'll just, I'll look up some stuff on YouTube about this David Pilates guy. And, um, so I look it up and, uh, he's doing this one talk about Sasquatch. And about and up to this point, you know, I, I had seen like Monster Quest and um, occasionally finding Bigfoot, but you know, just it, that was more just kind of a you know entertainment than anything, you know, 
actual, yeah. uh, you know, getting any kind of actual uh, information from it. Um, but it, so I, you know, I, I'm listening to this and he's talking about getting the Bigfoot DNA and, and all this other stuff. Well, he, he starts to talk about, apparently he did uh, some research with Scott Carpenter who does research in the, the Smoky Mountains and the Cades Cove and everything, the area that we were in. I, I had no clue who, you know, either one of these dudes were. And, um, so I'm listening to it and he says, uh, he got asked, um, something about along the lines of, um, you know, why are, are the sightings so diverse as far as, um, characteristics of, uh, a, uh, a Sasquatch. And he says, well, he said, now he's, he's kind of, he's given to the belief that they're a, a race of people. Um, I can't say that I really subscribe to that theory. Um, but then again, man, I, I don't know what it is. Cause <laughs> there was some stuff that happened that night that just don't fall into logical context. Um, and again, not, not saying that I'm part of the woo camp or that they're, you know, uh, trans-dimensional portals or anything like that. But I just know that one minute that dude was standing there grinning like a Cheshire cat at me. And the next minute it was gone. And so David's going into to this. He says, well, he says, you know, um, <clears throat> Bigfoots or Sasquatch being a, a race of people, you know, according to him, he said they, um, they have different characteristics, just like normal people have different characteristics. He says you've got some fat ones, some skinny ones, you know, some that are really built, some that, that look like they haven't exercised a day in their life. He said, you got some that are really hairy, some that are balding. Um, he said, you know, old, young. He said, and and this is the part where, whoa, I tell you, my creep factor went just like through the roof. But he goes, quite specifically, he said, the uh, the the tribe or, or breed that are in the Smoky Mountains, have <laughs> sorry man this makes me get a lump in my throat <clears> throat> um but it goes quite specifically they're known to have white rings around their eyes kind of like a raccoon and i went holy <laughs> and I, all the, I I was freaked out, man. I mean, because there are some things that if you put a trait or a characteristic to, and it ends up being a trait or characteristic that is actually present in whatever species that you're discussing, um, you know, I mean, that could fall into a lot of categories that could fall into 
um, yeah, I've heard this before and I just didn't realize it. And so subconsciously, you know, I'm adding that trait. Um, you know, it could, and the white rings around the eyes was one of the main reasons why I thought there's no way this could be a Sasquatch because Sasquatch, you know, in my broad, infinite uh, mind and knowledge of, of Sasquatch, since I've got one in the shed and I, you know, research it every day. Um, <laughs> but in my, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking there's no way that that could be a Sasquatch because it's got freaking white rings around its eyes. And when he said that, you know, quite notably, the the uh, ones in the Smoky Smoky Mountains have a have the white rings, kind of like a raccoon, around their eyes. Man, that was a that was a kind of come to Jesus moment, <laughs> and uh, so you know, listening through all this stuff, and I still. I mean, at, at this point, and actually afterwards, I've, I I was listening to um, or looking through some pictures uh, on the web just out of curiosity to see if I could find something that, that resembled the face that I saw. And I found this one, and I can, I can send it to you over, um, or I, I'm not sure whether I sent it to you on, on Messenger or not, but... Um, but there's this, this photo of this Sasquatch just, again, got that Cheshire cat grin, man, except he's showing all his teeth. And I'm like, holy crap, that's what I saw. (laughs) And except mine had the white rings around its eyes. And... I tell you, that was, <laughs> that was, uh, it, in a lot of ways, man, it, it made me, it made me question everything I thought I knew. Um, and it definitely scared me worse than, than anything I've ever had happen to me in my life. Um, but yeah, that was, that was that night that, um, we got to spend in the Smoky Mountains, and quite frankly, man, I, <laughs> I'm not sure that I'll ever go back camping or hiking there again.
Hey, this is Darren Marlar from the Weird Darkness Podcast, and you're listening to The Confessionals. It sounds like something you should write a book on or somebody should produce a short film out of because, I mean, you had a little bit of everything going on there. And I, I wanted to ask you, do you think that a lot of that was related? Do you think that the lights in the sky, the um, what looked like searchlights, but you kind of had that innate feeling inside that it wasn't, and then the um, what you now probably believe to be a Bigfoot, do you think all that was tied together and related somehow? Or do you think it was just these individual instances that just kind of all lined up in one night? Well, like I said before, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty particular when it comes to it, with having a, a background as a paranormal researcher and whatnot. I've come to, to find out not only to, to trust my gut um, when, you know, I, I feel like I'm getting something or my gut just screams at me, especially when it's that strong. Um, I tend to listen to it because nine times out of 10, it's right. Um, and like I said, you know, if it was one or two things, yeah, I could write that off to total coincidence. Um, when it gets to be three, four, five, six, seven things that are all lining up to characteristics that, that quite honestly, I had no knowledge of. Um, it ends up kind of, I, I just think in my head, man, there's got to be something to it. Um, and then, you know, looking or listening and stuff to, Actually, to um, a lot of, of Wes's uh, shows, the Sasquatch Chronicles, and um, listening to your podcast and and others, I hear people that, you know, I don't know them from Adam, and yet they're describing the same type of things in the same situations that I encountered. And so I kind of go back to the theory if, you know, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and looks like a duck, and lays duck eggs, then chances are it's a duck. And just thinking back, there, there were just way too many coincidences for it to not be something. Um. And since then, I've, you know, I've, uh, like I said, through listening to, to y'all's podcast and whatnot, um, I've heard of countless other people that have had the same, I mean, even right down to the, uh, the appearing of the owls, like the white owl. And I don't know if that goes into to symbolism or what it does, but I've, I've heard several different people talk about um you know having an encounter with a with an unidentified blind object and then the whole thing with the dog men the light coming or possible dog men i i can't say that you know i because i didn't actually see them so let me correct myself um <clears throat> but 
like I said, man, there were just way too many coincidences for it to not be something. Right. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And I wanted to ask you, when you said you saw it smiling at you, I mean, when you run that back through your head and you seem like somebody who tries to find logical explanations, does that smile when you run it back through your head? And I don't want to, I hate to put you through that, but does it, does it seem like possibly maybe panting? Does that, does that, is that even a possibility uh, that maybe it was panting? It was just straight up grinning at me. It, um, it was just, and that was the weirdest thing, man. Cause I, it, it, he was just straight up grinning. I mean, just this, the corners of his mouth went like right, right up to his cheekbones. I mean, it was the biggest mouth I have ever seen in my life. And it was closed. He wasn't, he wasn't showing his teeth. He wasn't, um, he, he didn't, I didn't get the impression at all that it was a, any kind of, of, um, malice or, or evil intent. Um, I, I honestly got the feeling that it was, that it was a protector. Um, and I forgot to tell you this, but it, when we were going out, um, I kind of, before we left that area, I just said, thank you, Mr. Sasquatch for protecting us and taking care of us. I, you know, I, I feel like that's what you do or did. And I just wanted to thank you. We're trying to get out of here and, you know, we're, we're not trying to harm your environment or, uh, do anything, you know, mischievous or, or, you know, evil. We're just, we're trying to get home to our families. And, um, that's where it kind of, my mom, um, I'll just add in this little brief addendum on, on my mom's thoughts on this. Um, my mom is an amazing lady. Um, probably about as close to sainthood as, as you can come while still being human. Um, she's, uh, she's one of these, you know, she's, uh, she's almost 80 now. Um, fiery is all get out. (laughs) And, um, but she, she loves the Lord with all her heart, man. And, um, when it comes to, you know, her praying, um, man, it, it seems like God listens. And for some reason, she told me, she told me like one of the, the next times that we got there or went to visit her, I should say, uh, she said, you know, she said, I didn't want to say anything, but long about four thirty, three thirty, or four thirty in the morning, she said, I, I got woke up. And I felt like I needed to pray for you guys. She said, for whatever reason, whether it's mom's intuition or uh, whatever, 
um, she said, I just, I really felt like, you know, I, I needed to pray for you guys. And so she said, I, I stopped. You know, she said, I got down on my knees right then and, and started praying that, um, God would send you a guardian angel and that he would protect you in whatever situation that you were in and, uh, that you would come out of it, um, you know, healthy and, and, uh, unscathed. And I said, well, mom, I said, you know, I, I really appreciate that. Um, I don't think a Bigfoot is an angel though. <laughs> and, and, uh, she said, yeah, but you know, the Bible talks about how, um, angels can take, you know, different forms. And so many times angels get sent in the most least threatening form or a form that we would more greatly realize or, or that would fit in better with whatever situation we're in. And so she said, I think it was an angel there that stopped whatever it was from coming down the trail and that watched over you for the rest of the night. So again, you know, I, I can't prove that one way or the other. Um, but I thought that was just a, a kind of a pretty interesting little aside, you know, the whole the whole events of the evening yeah absolutely i mean that whole evening was just like you know well you referenced it earlier it it seemed like something straight out of like the twilight zone you know it was like one thing after another and on top of it all you you were all banged up yourself and it's not like you could just run away and it wasn't like you felt like you were prepared to defend yourself if you needed to it's all just kind of like I don't know, like a perfect storm, you know, uh, when you saw the lights in the sky and then, uh, the lights looking like it was searching for something, did you hear anything or was it like just completely silent? When they were now, when it was the, the UFO and I, I use that in a, a very broad term, you know, just as being unidentified object that's flying um i didn't hear anything then but when the lights were coming when they were up on the other ridge and you saw the pinpoints of light first you heard dogs barking and i mean it was it was a lot of of dogs um there seemed to be which you know, I thought, well, it's the it's the search and rescue. And they they brought dogs out, and so we just heard all these dogs baying, and and they were just barking and causing a ruckus. And um, you could hear voices again talking, but you couldn't really delineate what they were saying. Like there there was nothing. <laughs> it's like when you're standing in a crowded room, and you hear just kind of a an ambient mumble, um, which you can hear conversations going on, but if you wanted to actually pinpoint it 
and and say, yeah, this is what they were talking about. That's just next to impossible. And that's kind of like what that's what we heard when it went, you know, we heard the, the dogs were just barking and you, then, you know, you see the lights go out. Um, there were, you know, people talking and everything that actually that you would, it would align with like a search and rescue group, which was why at first I didn't think anything really about it. Um, and then when the lights came on and filtered, like the floodlights came on, then there was no sound. And then it just went quiet. And then about, I guess it was about five, ten minutes later, I, I'm not exactly sure when the second set started, but the second occurrence when the, you started seeing the lights and everything go back on and the dogs started baying and, and, I think there there was I, I'm trying to think back as to whether we heard any actual howls. And I don't believe it it was all from my recollection, it was all just uh just regular barking. Um you know like when a coon hound gets on the, the scent trail or something and they're just you know, yeah, that absolutely. kind of stuff. Um, that's what it sounded like. Okay, so I mean, from everything that you're describing, what's your gut? I mean, what's your gut tell you when it comes to the uh, the dogs barking, and then the um, what 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 else did happen that night? The um, it was the dogs barking. Yeah. And you just you were yeah, just talking about something the, else. I can't remember now. Yeah, the the voices. Yes, the voices. Um, so the yeah, so the dogs barking and, and the smells right. and the lack of animals and yeah. So so <sighs> the, the dogs barking and the voices. You hearing these things? What's your gut tell you? Do you does your gut tell you that they were actually dogs there barking and people talking, or do you think that there was something else going on? something was there um i i don't know man i i honestly don't know what it was um but something was there and it didn't have good intentions for us um the way i you know and this has been after months and months and months of, of thinking about it and um, going over the whole scenario in my head, um, <clears throat> kind of putting two and two together, uh, hearing other people's uh, encounters and and things that happen with theirs, I think, and, and again, this is pure conjecture. Um, from the, from the things that happened to us, all the coincidences, you know, the smell, the sounds of people following us, the, uh, the discussions or the not chatter, but sounding like people were having conversations. We couldn't understand them. Um, the sighting of the UFO, 
feeling like it was watching us, being scared. Um, I man, there, like I said, dude, there, there's not much that actually scares me, but I can understand why why some people you know relieve themselves when they get that scared. Um, I, I was even retelling it when I was retelling you earlier, um, I could just feel that lump in my throat come up and just utter and complete pure and unadulterated fear. And so through all those things, I think, and again, this is pure conjecture. I think that whatever it was, whether it was an angel, whether it was a, a Bigfoot, um, it, whatever it happened to be, I got the the feeling that it had been the one following us pretty much ever since, you know, we walked into the, the trail head there. And I felt like he had been the one, or I say he, but um, it had been the one that had been following us and making sure that we were okay. That's why there were no animals around. That would explain the wall of stench, the footfalls, the uh, chatter that we heard, or the you know the voices without any, uh, without the ability to be able to actually understand them. Um, the it, <laughs> Just like I said, a lot that the whole wall of stench and no animals and uh, footfalls and everything else that happened. Um, I feel like he was watching over us and keeping, for whatever reason, you know, whether it, you know, whether he was uh, guided or led by something or whether he realized that our intentions weren't to to harm or, or, um, you know, we weren't there to, to kill or, or hurt anything or destroy anything. You know, we just wanted to go home to our families. So I, I think it just honestly, man, I, I feel like it was watching out for us. Um, I just got the, the, and that, you know, after, uh, we saw the light and heard whatever it was coming down the, cause dude, honestly, I was standing there in the middle of that trail. I had an extra, uh, clip already for a tactical reload. I had one in the chamber. I had, you know, my arms crossed over, I had flashlight in one hand my Glock in the other. And while well, I was actually holding the, the spear, 
with the flashlight like right next to it. Uh, it's one of those little teeny tiny tactical flashlights. So, you know, makes it easy to hold on to. But so I, I'm holding there and I've, uh, I've got one in the chamber and I've, I've just got it pointed down that, that thing. And I'm, I'm just waiting, man. I, I knew something was that in any second, man, something was going to come around that corner and be on top of us. And I, I didn't know what it was or, or anything else, but I knew there's something that, that was looking to do us harm. And I fully expected it to be there like right around the next corner. (laughs) And, uh, thankfully, you know, for, for whatever reason, man. And like I said, I, I kind of get the feeling that, that it was acting, you know, if it was a Bigfoot, if it was an angel or whatever it was, um, I feel like it, it acted as a guardian that night. And, um, I feel like it watched out for us and, and kept us from having something really bad happen. Yeah. I can understand how you feel that way. I mean, there's a lot of things that were going on that night and, uh, you know, to try making sense of everything, you have to start drawing conclusions somewhere so that you keep your sanity. And, uh, it may not be, you know, the most popular thing to, to, to say, or even to think, you know, for you on your end. But, um, I can understand where you're coming from with that kind of thing. You know, I guess one of my questions that I would ask you is with this light that you saw, uh, the UFO, you said that it almost seemed like it knew that you knew it was there. Like it, 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 it saw you now. Yeah. You you said at first, when you first said that, you said, I know this is going to sound crazy. I want to let you know that that doesn't sound crazy to me because I hear a lot of people say the same exact thing when it comes to UFO encounters, that they feel like the thing knew they were there and that it knew that they knew that it was there. And so it's like this, it's like this trippy feeling that like all of a sudden you're looking at something in the sky and you feel a connection to it where you know it's there and you're pretty sure it knows you're there and you're pretty sure that it knows that you know it's in the sky. And so there's this like weird feeling going on. And I wanted to ask you, when you saw it in the sky, you started getting that feeling. How long after you got that feeling did it jet off and fly away? It was... It probably the 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 whole the whole thing didn't last that long. The actual sighting, um, the UFO, it was maybe it, when it got to the point where it just I I like I said like I said you know I had that feeling that it was watching us and that it knew exactly where we were and that it could sense that we're watching it back. And it wasn't, but maybe, uh, I'm thinking maybe about 30 seconds. And it, it, well, it just looked like it, it, cause it was sitting there and it's changing all these different colors, man. And it was just, 
you know, it would go from like a red and then it, you know, glow real bright and then into a yellow and then green and orange and purple. And you could see it was going around in a, a kind of cylindrical shape. And it, it was just like it, when I figured out or, or kind of got the, the feeling that it was just like, man, you know, hey, we both know that each other are present. And then it just, bam, it was gone. And right after that, not five minutes after that, we heard the dogs up on the, the ridge, um, heard the dogs start baying and and heard what we thought were search and rescue uh, members and saw the lights from the flashlight or what I, I thought were flashlights. And then the floodlight coming through the trees. Um, it was maybe a total of, of five minutes after this other, after the UFO just kind of jetted off, man. Um, it, it, again, this is going to even sound weirder. Um, it was almost like they pinpointed our location and was telling like the people over or telling whoever was operating the light. I, I don't know, but whoever was doing whoever or whatever was doing the, the light anomaly thing, it was like they had radioed in like, Hey, you know, we have their position, you know, they are blah, 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 blah. in this, you know, little clearing. And that's just kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> it it was just one of those things. It, it again. It it was just there, there's so many coincidences that they end up just just falling together so perfectly that you know you just you have to wonder. But yeah, I mean they after you know you got the whole. You know, I see you, see me, whole deal. They were gone in maybe 30 seconds. Um, and it was just a straight, bam, you know, kind of horizontal flight. And it within the blink of an eye, they were gone. I mean, they were just gone. They were out of there. I got you. Okay. Well, you know what, Dan, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, it's a fascinating story that you have and I really do mean it. You should really consider even just writing it down in a blog post somewhere and putting it online for people to read because it, it's fascinating how one thing happened after another and you know, a lot of people I think are going to want to suggest that there's a lot of correlation going on here and not just... Uh, one f phenomenon after another that has nothing to do with the other. I don't know if that makes sense, but, uh, yeah, no, exactly. I definitely think that, uh, you were stuck in a twilight zone, man. Like that's, it, it, it was, it's crazy. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your encounter with us because this is something that people got to hear because, you know, the woods are a mysterious thing. The mountains are mysterious and uh, a lot of crazy stuff happens out there, man. And I really appreciate you coming forward and sharing that with us. Oh, man, I, I really appreciate it, man. And I, 
you know, I, I love your, your podcast and, um, you know, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm very hesitant about, like I said, I've said before, I, I'm very much grounded in reality. And so for me to, to be able to, to let loose kind of, and just be honest with you and, and tell you all the crazy weird stuff that happened that night. Um, it's, it's honestly a bit freeing. <laughs> no, I absolutely, I totally get that. I mean, I absolutely understand the freeing feeling and I hope that's the case because I want other people to feel the same way. So, um, you know, that's what the show is all about. Just to, that's why, I, that's why I called the show what I called it, you know, the confessionals, just get it off your chest. And it sounds like you did that today. And I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, so I'll talk to you soon though. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thanks uh, again, Tony. All right, man. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, there are three things you can do to help support the show. One, you can go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Two, go to patreon.com forward slash the confessionals and sign up to become a patron. Or three, go on social media and share the link to this show that you're listening to right now. That would help me out a great deal as well. And until Thursday, take care, stay safe, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Bye. Crystal skies, crowded places, only faces, howling wind. In those eyes, desperation, hesitation for the wind. Running from the darkness of the night. Be shining past the light, just like oh, just like oh, believing we can spark the break of dawn, we can find a power to be strong, just like oh, just like oh.